Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh, my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. It's You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Will Dugson, with my buddy, Kev Huggin' Duggan. Good morning. Good morning. Good you freaking morning. You slept the whole night through. Good morning. Uh, hey, speak Don't for yourself. Don't stop me. For you, good you, and you, and you. Sorry. Let's not forget Kyle the Coach Duggan. All right. Last week, I had a mug that was grumpy old man. <laughs> this week, super dad. Super dad. <laughs> well done. Super Speaking positive. I did grumpy old man. And last Sunday afternoon, I was a grumpy old man. So this week I'm going super dad because we're going to beat up on these Titans. Attaboy. He totally redeems himself. All right, folks. Well, it's our Friday episode. We've got plenty to talk about. We've got a Craig experience and a bolt beat lined up for you. But let's start off here up at the top. I know, folks, it's hard to be shamelessly positive in these dark times after one week of game, uh, but uh, <laughs> we, let's, do our best. we do our best, and so do uh, the powderblues.com bringing up a tweet here. Herbert is 19 and four when the defense allows less than 28 points. So guys, we just, when it's we're looking at the number. scoreboard, just don't get to 28 the opponent that's all we really need to worry about moving forward like as long as they're not hitting 28 we're fine yeah if they score a touchdown early relax it's seven okay it's not 28 you don't get 28 (laughs) points for one if they score two it's fine it's 14 14. it's still not 28 (laughs) a little bit less cool but it's still okay but we're okay once you get to 21 you got to start worrying right that's (laughs) when the bullets yeah exactly (laughs) um so that just an interesting stat to take a look at there. Um, looking at the Charger players, um, Daniel Popper tweeted out that linebacker Deion Henley is back at individual drills. Is he okay. going to be our saving grace for the secondary and this linebacker core, like dropping into coverage, batting down balls, everything he did in the preseason? Like we we want that. I know. I don't know. I. It's going to be hard for me to say that he's already linebacker number three when. He's linebacker number five in reality. You know, yeah. like yeah. Nick Neiman and like is is linebacker three. So if you mm-hmm. were to see a change, I think that's the guy. And I honestly, the more I've thought about last game, I don't know if Derwin James at a high safety feels like a waste. It just feels like we're wasting everything about Derwin James by putting him 12 yards away from the football. Mm-hmm. How many times did they throw the ball deep in that game? Yeah. It's true. And deep to the middle of the field. The only time they threw the deep was on the sideline. He can't get there anyway. So he's just not having, he's not having an impact. So make like, that's what I'm saying is just run a one linebacker set and let Derwin just fly around and be in the box and hmm. 
just get creative with one guy. Everyone else's job super easy. Let the one guy get creative. Um, because yeah, like have him come down and why can't he be the star? Everyone talks about how great he is in coverage and how physical he is. And he runs with Keenan and like Keenan, yeah. I would say would be one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So well, I don't know. I just, the more I've thought about it, I don't know if another linebacker is the solution. Um, I think Dayon will be the guy moving forward once Kenneth Murray's contract is up. But I, I just, for me, I feel like Derwin James needs to be a linebacker a lot more than he is. Just run him with Eric Kendricks and let it rock and roll. Oh, I hope you're listening, Mr. Staley. Let's bring out a new look <laughs> this <No>. Sunday. <laughs> That's just my thoughts. I'm not a head coach in the NFL slash defensive coordinator for the number one defense in the NFL at one point. Well, it'll be good to see Dan Henley come back. Uh, you know, he's just back at individual drills, not necessarily pointing to him playing this Sunday, but hey. We can dream, can't we? We sure can. Uh, and speaking of Derwin James, Chargers Central tweeted out Derwin James on what response the secondary will have in week two against the Titans. Said, wait until Sunday. Oh, just wait. I just, I want to feel, Sunday. I want to feel the confidence from the players. Like we weren't feeling yeah. any confidence from anyone from that, from our team after, after that loss. Yeah. So now that they're kind of like, They've evaluated what happened. Mm-hmm. We're going to get this fixed. Because mm-hmm. this thing can get fixed. These guys are awesome. We yeah. have great yeah. players. It's just, let's scheme it up the right way and let's go break some Titans. We also <laughs> did run into a chainsaw of an offense that we hadn't seen yet this year. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that was the first game, whether we played in the preseason or not. You're still like figuring stuff out and getting back in the rhythm. And like the more I thought about it, the first week is the hardest. You have no tape on what anyone's doing. And we had last year's, yeah, but you think they're coming out and running the same stuff? That's they didn't. sadly mistaken. So yeah. um, I think a lot of it was we played probably a top five offense in the NFL week one. Um, and Tua had an incredible game. Just it is what it is. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to we're gonna write the ship. It'll get fixed. It'll get turned around. I'm confident. Well, and Staley's great at preparation. Like he's had great plays, games where he's prepared and got the guys in the right position and everything. So many times as our head coach and as our defensive coordinator, I think we just, he just needs, he needs more tape. And I'm not trying to be, you know, it's okay. Staley's going to be absolutely perfect moving forward. But honestly, week one ran and they were showing all the different motions that Tariq Hill was doing. And it was like arena football level of motioning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we got caught with our pants down essentially on Sunday and we, we still almost won. So yeah. be confident. It's going to be okay. It'll be all right. Uh, looking over at the practice, we got some quotes here from some of the coaches and players. Uh, Justin Herbert on Sunday's performance said, uh, we didn't win. That's up to us to put up more points, do a better job and take advantage of those opportunities when we get them. I thought there were some really good things that we did offensively. There's still room for improvement and still things to correct. Running the ball, I thought we did a great job of moving the ball down the field. I'm looking forward to building on that momentum. So jumping ahead a little bit, what are your thoughts on like your confident love, confidence level if Austin can't go with Kelly and the backup? Like, What are your thoughts on a running game if he's not able to go? <sighs> I can't say that I'm through like over the moon excited about it, but I think after last week's performance from Josh Kelly, knowing that he's still healthy, mm-hmm. um, I'm a lot more confident. It will be f- interesting to see. We had all that drama in the off season with Eckler almost leaving. We're going to get a glimpse of what life would have looked like post Eckler. If somebody would have bit on that trade. 
Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a and good wh- point. Wh- wh- who will be the guy that gets pulled up? Is it Isaiah? Because Isaiah got was a healthy scratch last week. Or is but it did Dotson? Dotson just get it because of special team ability? Um, it'll be, I think Isaiah has got to be the number two guy. If, if, if it feels, there. if he can't go, it feels like Kelly Spiller, one, two punch. And then, you know, you're going to reactivate Dotson again, just to have him on the, have him there ready to go. But yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't now. If you'd you have all three. Week. Yeah. It they, just I, makes you question why Spiller has been the healthy scratch. Like, what is it that they have seen that we haven't that has made them think just, that he's not ready to go? I don't, the only thing I can think of is that his running style is, too similar to Eckler, and they want to have more of a change. Josh Kelly runs neat, like mean. He's, He's real mean right yeah. now. He gets downhill and runs people over. So maybe that's the thought is like, we have that guy that could catch the ball out of the backfield and runs a little shifty. Whereas we, I, that's the only thing I can think of because I don't understand why Spiller has been scratched more than not in his yeah. NFL career yeah. so far. That's what I mean. We've like, not, but we've not, we've not seen anything that, like bad, like blatantly no. fumbles or no. just terrible play. Like, so unless he just doesn't show up to practice and he's just walking, going through the motions and they're like, dude, figure it out. I have yeah. no idea why. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, we saw performance in preseason and made me think, cool, we're going to see some spiller this year. And we just have not seen it and, and don't know why, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the running back room for sure. And uh, we'll get to the injury report as to why we're talking about Mr. Eckler. Uh, But Justin Herbert on the offensive unit said, I think that's uh, the great thing about our offense is that we have so many weapons. I think just having people out there that make plays that take the pressure away, having a run game and having guys to throw the ball on the outside with Keenan, uh, Quentin Johnston, Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. uh, They've done such an incredible job that my job is just to get them the ball in space and let them do their cool things. <laughs> like he said cool things. Cool things. Yeah. <laughs> let them do cool things. Let them do their cool things. <laughs> Come on. Um, let's see. And then we also have Coach Staley, who said, uh, we have a good game plan. Uh, my hat's off to Brendan Nugent, uh, the Chargers assistant offensive line coach, uh, Sean Surrett, and Chargers running back coach, uh, Derek Foster, and the group of guys. Uh, it was quality plan, and uh, then our runners ran really hard in that game, broke a lot of tackles. It was a team effort. That's the the big shining positive to last <laughs> Sunday. So hopefully, the, we're about to run into a buzzsaw of a defensive, you know, stopping the run. So mm-hmm. yeah, if we if we can still be productive in that space after this, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they also looks like they interviewed JC Jackson and talked to him and, uh, his quote was, I'm working back into it. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm working my way to a hundred percent. Uh, it's a long season, man. That's week one. We've got a whole season ahead of us. My goal is to try and stay healthy throughout the whole season, not just one game. So right there, he's already saying I'm not a hundred percent. He's lying though. Cause he was a hundred percent. He told well, us before the game that he was a hundred percent. Well, he didn't tell me. <laughs> Maybe he told you, <laughs> but he came out in an interview and said, I, there's nothing holding me back. No, he did. And I do remember that interview. Yeah. So now it feels a little bit like, uh, oh, well, yeah, that pass interference at the end of the first half that gave him three points and they won by two. Not I just got to get going again. That's a yeah. bonehead move. That's yeah. well, maybe he's not talking about health. He's, maybe he's not talking about health. Maybe he's talking about being a hundred percent football. Maybe yeah. he's not talking about health. There is another Maybe. quote here let's, from J.C. Jackson on his, uh, on his mistakes, on his boneheadedness, one might say. Uh, said, uh, that was a bad mistake by me. I take full blame for that. 
I should have been paying attention to the clock and everything else. I was just playing football. Coach always talks about situational football, and I have to know what situation we were in. And he was talking about that pass interference before ha- the right. half. Yeah. So that boneheaded and mistake. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they had no timeouts, right? None. Yeah. So they just let him catch it, and the game the half's over. Yep. yep. Hmm. He wanted. That's that why pick, Matt, Mr. I listened. INT. I listened to Matt Money Smith again. You know his podcast. He just went off again how that was the dumbest penalty he's seen. And it makes sense. Like, you handed them three points. Literally yeah. on right. a silver pal- platter. JC's going to pick Tannehill twice. He just has to have a bounce-back game. He has one to. of them back to, one we of them need to the it. house. Yeah. I need As it, a JC. fan base, we need it to really <laughs> love him it. again. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's just good to see that he understands. It was a mistake. He's got to be better. And uh, Jackson also notched his first interception, but put the bolts on their own four-yard line. He said, <laughs> uh, I should have took a knee and... Uh, should should have took a knee now that I look back on it. Hindsight's just, 2020. <laughs> but I think the, there's a certain element to that 100%. Like, he's just f***ing excited to be out there. Yeah. Right. He's excited to play football. That was a dumb play where he got in the way. It's he was like going... Rookie. They're like rookie just, mistakes. You know, you yeah, have a rookie out there that's like, oh, God, I just need Dude, enough. It's like a puppy yeah. with all this energy. Like, my knee yeah. works again. Yay! You know, and he's just like... Pushing people, trying to get interceptions, gets his interceptions. Went, I'm taking this yeah. to the house. Like you went full golden retriever on that. Full yeah. golden retriever. Just yeah. <laughs> relax. Breath. Yeah. You come back out. Second game. Hey, do that stuff with some relaxation yeah. and don't get yeah. burned by Tyreek Hill that doesn't exist on this team we're about to play this week. We'll be exactly. Okay. So yeah, all good quotes, all good things to look forward to. We still uh, trust you, JC. We, we believe do. You. Let's go, buddy. Yeah, bounce back, Time baby. To go. So looking at the injury report, uh, some concerns we saw because we thought we got out of that game pretty, pretty unscathed. Yeah, unscathed, pretty, pretty fresh. Uh, turns out Joey Bosa is dealing with a hamstring injury. He hasn't practiced uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Austin Eckler popped up with an ankle injury of some kind. He hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday either. Uh, really the only bright spot was, uh, Dan Henley getting uh, limited practice in on his hamstring. Uh, Eric Kendricks also showed up dealing with a hamstring, but uh, his, it, but, is diff- per, yeah, his is different. Sorry. Yeah. He's well, hamstring. And he also had a personal reason, non-injury uh, related personal. Yes. So I wonder what that means. I hope everything. Well, okay I thought I him. saw it was, I thought Austin Eckler also had a personal one as well because I thought yeah. I heard that his agent passed away. Yeah, yeah. and did. so he took that one pretty personally. And maybe Eric Hendricks might have had the same. Agent. I don't think. I'm not I don't sure. think. It, I don't think it was. I think it's something else. I didn't see anything reported on that. I just hopefully it's he comes back to practice Friday and ready to go. But coach has always been like, if you're not practicing through the week, are you going to be ready to go for the game? Sure. So God, we need we need Eric Hendricks to stop this Tennessee running back. We all know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um. So please come back, practice. We're, st- we're recording really early Friday. Come practice today, please, Eric. Please. And then uh, outside linebacker Chris Rumpf also getting some limited practices in uh, dealing with his hamstring injury. So not the worst injury report we've seen for the Chargers, but certainly one that kind of surprised us after that game, thinking that we were doing okay as far as injuries were concerned. I'm just worried about Joey. <laughs> they Somebody pulled up the clip where he kind of tweaked his hammy he was going hard around the edge trying to get to to uh i'm sure he was frustrated yeah came up a little limp it it didn't look like he was struggling to get off the field it was just a little limp 
I just think they're really trying to keep us as healthy as long as possible and they're giving him rest. Because hamstrings, you're not you're not gonna warm that thing up. You're not gonna stretch that thing out. You just need to let it rest and heal. So mm -hmm. hopefully he gets yeah. a limited Friday and then can go, you know, probably on a pitch count um on Sunday. Yeah, Fingers I, are crossed. It's, it's hard seeing the transactions that they're pulling right here. They signed another running back to our practice squad. Right. So we signed a outside linebacker like pass rusher back to our practice squad mm -hmm. Shelby that doesn't give me the yep. most incredible confidence in what what's going on with these dudes yeah. hopefully that's just a break glass in case of emergency type signing yeah. but uh we will have to wait and see if that ends up being the case uh looking at our opponents this uh next sunday the tennessee titans they lost uh last week as well uh by one point that was a that was a close one for them, fifteen to sixteen to the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr had himself a bit of a day; he had three hundred and five yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But he got sacked four times. Uh, uh, before we go into more of the the details, Kyle, you guys brought up an interesting fact that the Titans didn't score a touchdown last week. Yeah, it was right. Five, all, five field goals, all field goals. Yeah. So they their offense clearly wasn't able to get anything going. So it'll be interesting to see. This is literally the opposite of what we just played. Mm -hmm. It could not be a different offense than what we just played. Yeah. And I'd listen to um Locked On Chargers podcast. They do a crossover every week and they do it with the lock the locked on of the opposing team. And the guy for the Titans, the Locked On Titans podcast, said for some reason they had Derrick Henry going and then all they just like took away all of the snaps. Hmm. Kai J Spears got a ton of snaps in the second half. And it's not as if they were getting steamrolled and they couldn't run the ball. He he had an opinion that they're trying to become more of a well-rounded offense. That's not completely dependent on Derrick Henry um, with him being in the last year of his contract, um, being a little bit older. They're trying to become more of a, we don't just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball type of team. Um, now, after last week, they may go back to that because they only scored 15 points and no touchdowns. Um, but an interesting thing to note to see how often Ty J Spears is in at running back as opposed to Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. they, only had, they only had 285 yards of offense total. Mm -hmm. passing whole, they only rushed for 104 total, yeah, which is was... not the usual for a Tennessee Titans team. Now, the Saints do have a really good defense. Yeah. Um, but that's even against good defense, they usually rush for 200 yards. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of good points. It'll be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. I mean, Tannehill threw three interceptions. So there's your opportunity, JC Jackson. Let's come in there and gra grab a couple for yourself. Um, he was also then, sacked three times, too. Yeah. So come on. We got to. I feel like Thule, this might be a Thule Mac game if, if Bosa can't this go. This is just such a this is such a weird matchup because it's yeah an a Titans offense that had a piss poor performance in the first game mm -hmm. and a Chargers defense that had a piss poor performance in the first game. So it's like which of those two is gonna step up and have a actually play week two? You know, like right. I think our offense is gonna do what our offense is gonna do, and their defense is really good. So that's gonna be a battle when those two guys, those two teams are on the field. But when it's our defense against their offense, that's that's going to be the whole game to me. It's yeah, what's going to happen when those guys are on the field? Totally, hundred um, percent. Then looking over at Tennessee's injury report, uh, let's see. They've got uh, they've got a few guys. They've got more guys listed, but they've also got some full practices on there. Uh, Trey Avery, their cornerback, got a full practice in. Wide receiver Traylon Burks got a full practice in. 
Uh, cornerback Christian Fulton limited. Uh, safety Imani Hooker did not practice, dealing with a concussion. Uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, the big signing for their offseason, dealing with an ankle injury, did not practice. We're probably not going to have to deal with DeAndre this week. From what I'm hearing around Twitter, Looking like he's it. probably not going to play. So that makes it a bit easier on the secondary. You don't have to deal with Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, offensive lineman Dylan Reduns got a full practice. The Ty J Spears Kyle was just talking about got a full practice in, and uh, defensive lineman Tier Tart that's got a great a name. practice in. Yes, he does have a good name. Um, Amani Hooker too. The concussion, he's not playing. Vrabel, every like from the podcast of those two, um, he said that Vrabel he does not. He plays those so conservatively. You're not playing really? if you're in concussion protocol. Um, so that's our starting safety that's going to be down as well now. It's the NFL. The next guy to step up could be better. He was just licking his chops, waiting for an opportunity. Right. Sure. We saw that on Sunday. They had three of their like studs out, right. and they still came out and put up a great performance. So, right. um, that's not to say everything, but that's just kind of the mat the matchups to look for. I think is they're gonna with DeAndre Hopkins out. If he doesn't play, expect a whole lot of Derrick Henry coming right down downhill at you. So right down um, Broadway. <laughs> the Chargers. We got to open this thing up. If they're down there starting safety, potentially they're starting cornerback. Um, you have to open things up and let, let Herbert fling the ball around a little bit more than he did on Sunday. We'll find out, but you can fling yourself over to our Patreon, nice. patreon.com slash charge chat. Uh, check out all the funny videos we got over there. We just posted our, uh, our video week one or, adventure, our week one adventure. It was a doozy. Uh, we've got a hot ones video coming up. And uh, for those that are in the fantasy football league, I just got the swag. I've got the hat. Oh, look at that. Shirt. And I've got the shirt. Oh, wow. Very nice. They're hot off the press. Very hot. So keep an eye out for those of you in the fantasy football league. They're coming. Oh, yeah, Lord, they, they coming. <laughs> so. Uh, and if you don't want to go over to patreon.com slash charger chat, that's totally fine. You can go on over to our regular website, chargerchat.com. Check out all the cool stuff we got over there. T-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. You can chat it up with other charger chatteteers in the member section and ask questions in Ask Bolt Fam. So go check out chargerchat.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, gang, time to go on to the next segment. You know them, you love them. It's a great experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. Oh. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. I mean, some people just think cucumbers taste better pickled. Huh? What? Don't worry about it. Oh, hey, I gotta go. Talk to you later. Bye. What's up, folks? Uh, after an intense week of wound licking, I'm back, along with you, and ready to uh, talk some week two action because, yeah, we gotta soldier on and uh, look forward to the path ahead of us. Hopefully a more victorious one. After last week's shenanigans, and we got to chat a little bit about some of the things that weren't so great, but mostly we're going to take away what was positive from it and what can be applied against the Titans and how the Chargers can get their first W of the season, evening up that record and giving us some more hope. So without further ado, let's get into it. CC gang, the biggest of salutes into the rest of the boat fam. What is going on? You got Craig in Texas and welcome to this week two edition of the Craig experience. It's been roughly a week now. No need to get back into all the happenings. You've heard all the breakdowns. You've heard everyone's belly aching and griping and with good reason. There was a lot to be pissed off about, but ultimately, what good is that going to do you? You can become a jaded Chargers fan, and then at that point, nobody really wants to be associated with you. They just kind of put up with you because, look, I'm a realist, and I'm not going to mince words about much of anything at all. But I do understand that if you love something or someone, in certain cases, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Ultimately, until they show you that there's no more hope, and I am not there with this team. Uh... You could argue that they've given you multiple reasons to feel that way, but you really can't get beyond the fact that they're super uber talented. And at some point, you just hold on to the hope that they're going to get right at some point. And that's where I am. So with that said, let's get the bad stuff out of the way. Defensively, got to do better. Bunch of people out there have their pitchforks out for Brandon Staley. And the way I look at it is like this. He's still a head coach. And I know that you guys, many folks out there, want his head on the stake. They want the Chargers to give him his pink slip. But that's not what this organization does. They don't make it a practice of firing coaches before their contracts are up. <clears throat> because they don't want to have a guy on the books that doesn't work for him anymore. It's not the Charger way. Not historically. It's not something they've done frequently in the past. But I will say this. The heat that he's catching is, in fact, warranted. It's been three years now. You, 
year one, had to make some adjustments. Team had to adapt to the new defense. Got it. And also, you didn't have all the requisite pieces. You felt like you needed to run said defense. Then comes year two. You're building the team up a bit more. Get some names like J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. You deal with another rash of injuries. Team doesn't necessarily perform up to snuff. You do make the playoffs, though, so there is improvement there. And we know how the playoff run ended. Well, kind of wasn't really a run. One game and, you know, the rest. It's history. And now we're in year three. And you kind of bookended it by a bit of a heartbreaking loss in week one. But the flip side to that is that the Chargers offense looked very good. Well, at least the running game. Passing game was a little weird, but to see the running game be as dominant as it was is very, very encouraging, especially coming off of, well, the last few years that we've seen the Chargers perform or their lack of performance in the run game. Josh Kelly looked like a more than capable RB2. Hell, he looked like a co-RB1 in the mix with uh, Austin Eckler there, and he kind of had to take on a little bit more of the load later in the game because Austin had an ankle injury, which, by the way, he hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, there is a chance that he may not play this weekend. He's also uh, you know, dealt a tragedy in the passing of his agent and friend. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. His status for Sunday's game is a little up in the air. We'll know more, I guess closer to the end of the week well i mean it's friday so we'll know something very soon <clears throat> but yo the fact that the Chargers rushed for over 200 yards in a game was something to be very very happy about especially if you're a guy like me who is an old school football fanatic that loves the ground and pound the pass sprinkled in so you know for me in recent years well actually over the last decade or so that air it out football has become a very real thing it's kind of had to take a back seat to the way the game has evolved so i've just accepted it but man anytime you can see a team come out and really smash the ball or play smash mouth football rather and uh, cherry on top is if they have a very good defense then that's it for me i'd be satisfied with that we don't quite have that we could potentially have it in a running game uh do I believe we have the defense to be one of the best in the NFL? Hmm. That's still up for question. It's debatable. Is it really debatable? I mean, you watch the end of last season, the defense really started to come on. Um, even with the injuries, they started to play a lot better because the defense seemed to have been simplified. But also you have to keep in mind that the Chargers level of competition kind of tapered off toward the end of the season. So that may have played a part in things. But once again, new year, and we have to take what we have now. Also don't believe that they're going to run into quite the buzzsaw they did with the Dolphins, at least not for a very long time, because there's no other offense in the NFL quite like that. We're talking like Olympic four by one track speed they had to deal with, whether it be at the running back position, the wide receiver with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, a couple of other speedsters. And yo, give to a credit. He dealt the ball rather well. Now, he wasn't perfect by a long shot. I mean, the dude had almost, what, four possible turnovers? At least three. There was the pick. There was the two fumbles under center, one that apparently didn't count. But still in all, far from perfect. Unless you talk to Dolphins fans, and it's like none of that other crap ever happened. 
and then there were some very severely underthrown balls but we've seen that on practice film and everything so nobody's shocked by that but nevertheless dude threw for almost 500 yards which saying again out loud against this Chargers defense after the performance they had against him last year is crazy but i tell you what this is what i understand from an offensive standpoint again leading back to the positive of that going into tennessee this week the Chargers have an opportunity to you know possibly get things back on the rails and do I think it's going to be a starkly different game plan than it was against the Dolphins? I'm not going to say it'll be like extremely different. I don't necessarily think they'll have as much success running the ball against the Titans as they did the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are no slouch up front, but neither are the Titans. But I think the Titans are a bit more sound in their run defense. The Chargers should have an advantage passing the ball, though, because the Titans secondary is a uh, what's a nice way to put this. It's questionable. I don't want to poo-poo on those dudes <clears throat> because still have to get out there and play the game. Teams built on paper mean absolutely nothing. You have to go on the field between the lines and perform. But if there were ever a time for the Chargers to get right and feel better about themselves, this would be the week. Now, the funny thing about it is, is that's speaking to the team as a whole. The offense last week was mostly fine. Like I said, the passing game was a little herky-jerky, but it wasn't bad. And the offensive line played tremendously. The running backs, already spoke about that. Receivers, would like to see some more of your first round draft pick be involved in uh, uh, Darius Davis's speed could be utilized down the field to open up some stuff underneath. That would all be awesome. Would love to see a little bit more of that. But I guess when your team's rushing for over 200 yards and like literally every handoff is like five to six yards a clip, hey, who am I to stop you? But you want to see the offense continue to evolve. Everybody's super excited about Kellen Moore and what he could mean to the offense. And you want to see Justin Herbert be able to air it out some more. You didn't necessarily see a ton of that last week, but some of that was game plan specific. It just kind of is what it is. The defense has to hold up their end of the bargain is the issue. And once again, Brandon Staley's head is firmly on the chopping block with a lot of the fan base. And I completely understand why. We just need you guys to show up and have an average performance. Don't let Derrick Henry come out there and run wild. They've also got Tajay Spears, who, believe it or not, outsnapped Derrick Henry last week in their game against the Saints. Wild, right? But Tajay Spears was actually my RB2 in this last draft cycle, so I'm not surprised. Kid who went to Tulane from Louisiana, you know, Louisiana kid, so I know a little bit about him. And he's a really good player. And I expect him to be utilized in the passing game as a pretty good runner uh, this weekend when the Chargers head to Nashville. So what am I talking about here as far as expectations are concerned? I expect the offense to perform well. As far as the defense is concerned, my only expectation is that they won't be the reason the Chargers were to lose the game if they lose. That's my expectation. Craig, does that even make any sense? Because what other reason would they have to lose the game? Because you can't necessarily see, see the offense if they perform up to snuff again this week, being the reason why the Chargers, you know, fell to walk away with the W. And that's, you know, that's a good question. It would have to be special teams. I'm not predicting that that happens either. Look, at this point, I'm just rambling. This is what I truly, truly feel. 
think the offense is going to be fine. I think special teams is going to be fine. Dicker is showing that he is the guy. He should have been the guy. And this is why they made the selection that they did. It'd be nice to get a return or two off, but yeah, fingers crossed there. Just want the defense to be average. If this Chargers defense plays average football, then they should be one of the top teams in the league. If you have like just a, a middle of the road, just above middle of the road defense, that's an absolute playoff team. With this type of offense, no question. But therein lies the problem. You have to get some level of consistency on the defensive side of the ball. Any recommendations? Because you know it's easy to complain about the problem. What's the solution, right? I think they need to simplify the defense. Much the way they did when they played the Dolphins last year when there was no Derwin, no Joey, some other names. <clears throat> Don't have the guys thinking as much as they have to within that defense because it can be a complicated scheme. We all know that. They've talked about it. Put Derwin in the box a bit more. Let him play where he's strongest. Attacking everything on the inside. If you want to put him on like a Chiggy Okonkwo in the event that, you know, he starts playing, getting loose a bit, fine. But other than that, I want Derwin in the box. I want my Derwin in the box. Put Trey Bien in the box. Let him blitz. Let him be an asset against the run game. Give Ryan Tannehill or whoever the hell they put behind center this week because Ryan looked woo-wee stinky last week, to say the least. Let him terrorize the box. And in the event... You know, something happens where the top gets busted off of the top of the defense and you have to put him back there, then cool. But let that be your secondary placement of him. Allow him to lurk where he's most effective. And I think the Chargers are equipped to man up with the Titans on the outside. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a, a Tennessee Titan. And go figure. After that game with Ryan Tannehill, that you think back to his comment about where he wanted to go this offseason into a a team with the high-level quarterback, and look what he ended up with. The polar opposite. Last week was any indication of the mistake he may have made, then God bless you, man. You definitely took the money <clears throat> over anything else, but that's your problem. He was a little banged up. think he had an ankle situation. I'm just going to assume he goes. Uh, Traylon Burks, who I was a big fan of uh, a couple years ago in that draft cycle, is there. I mentioned Chiggy Okonkwo, who's a, a ascending tight end. And of course, King Henry back there. But as far as the skill positions go on the outside and receivers, I think the Chargers can man up with those guys with Vato and JC Jackson. God, JC, please have a better week. Please, please, my man, get some redemption. Other than that, they should be able to match up pretty well with the Titans. The style of defense the Chargers wants to play, want to play, sorry, probably aligns better with uh, what they're facing this week as opposed to what they did last week. If you run into the Dolphins, though, in the playoffs later on down the line, which I think is a very strong possibility, uh, let's revisit that 2022 game plan, shall we? Uh, I know that they added a couple wrinkles with motioning Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which got them some free releases. I get all of that, but you have to be able to adjust. You can't just have a plan A, and when that doesn't work, just continue to bang your head against the wall. Think life works like that at all in general, so definitely not in football. Anyway... That's it for me. Oh, outside of the score prediction. Uh, see if I can have uh, better luck with it this week because I definitely didn't see an all-out shootout coming. I'm going to go slightly lower scoring with this one. 
I say the Chargers don't have to put up big numbers because the Titans offense isn't like that like that. And I'm saying that based off of how the Chargers defense played last week. So it almost seems foolish, but not going to do that this week. I have the Chargers winning 24 17. Don't call me. Uh, but yeah, hopefully when we revisit this next week, uh, we'll be on the winning side of things. So till next time, I appreciate you guys. Y'all know who it is, Mr. Bolt Gang or Do Not Bang, a.k.a. T.O.P. underscore F.L.Y.T. 301 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, per usual, you can catch me co-host on the Lightning Round podcast. So check us out over there. And once again, appreciate you guys. See you later. Let's uh, go get this dub on Sunday. Okay. Love you. Bye. Well, Kyle, I'm I think so ready. Yeah, <laughs> it got me fired up. I think you and Craig are on the same page talking about bringing Derwin down in the box. Like, whoa. Yeah. He, just, he was, <laughs> he felt, I don't know. Like I agree with Craig. He just, he just felt like he wasn't really in the game last yeah. week. They, you can avoid him when he's back there 10, 12 yards. Whereas you put him in the box, there's no getting around him. I mean, the couple times that we did, he had a tackle for a loss because he's just faster than everyone down there in the box. So, mm-hmm. um, and more know, get him WWF down slams in the box. You get more WWF slams. You're not mm-hmm. getting that out 30 yards deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Craig, I, I appreciate everything you said in that. Like that, that was, was great. That was really well-spoken. That was really just put everything into words that I've been thinking that yeah. I can't put into words myself. Like, are you going to bitch about the problem? Or are you going to try and find a solution? Right. Like, Let's try and find a f- solution. We like the the frustration is understandable, hundred yeah. percent. But like, if all you're going to do is whine on X, then <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to hang, man. Like, that's not for me. That's not, and it's not for anybody else. Like, nobody wants to hang with somebody that's just griping all the time. So it's like, what are you going to do about it? So just bring that energy to the game, like just. Shout it out, man! Like that's that's what's. Or gonna just help let it out. Team. Let it out on Sunday. Get yeah. all of the frustration out. Get it out. And then the and then the rest move, of the on. move on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and don't be. I've we've had a, yeah. <laughs> X has been a real pain in the ass this week and not fun at all. And I people think you're need on to, X too much, guys. I am. I got. I'm going to back off a little bit. But the, the, here, I just want to put it in a real world world perspective. Imagine you walk into a cafeteria full of people that all love the same thing you love. And you walk in, you stand on a table and say, screw you guys. This is the worst thing ever. F you, F you, F you. Somebody's going to say something to you if you do that on top of the table. So don't be surprised if you get somebody being like, dude, chill. Like, why are you being such a dick? Yeah. Just don't be, be prepared for that. And they're probably going to tell you to shut the fuck up and get the fuck out. That's just right. what's going to happen. Right. So don't just be shocked. And the same thing, the other thing, you walk in, everyone's all, it's a cloudy day and you're all walking in all like Brady Bunch. People are going to mm-hmm. tell you to get the fuck out. So mm-hmm. it's just find that middle ground. But especially like the people standing on table, like yelling at everyone, just stop. We all know what happened. It's not helping anyone by you right. repeating it with <laughs> yeah. your negative well, shit. Well, <laughs> did you know where we rank, rank defensively since well, Brandon Staley took over? Because if, oh, you probably don't. So I'm going to. I do. I do actually. <laughs> oh. No, but please tell me again. I'd love to hear more oh, about okay. how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pretty much look, can we, can't we just be friends? Okay. And stop yelling at each other and telling each other what to do and how to do it.
Right. I don't think we have to be friends. I think we can just block those people. And <laughs> Kyle doesn't have any time of the day for any bullshit. Dude, I have no time of the day for nothing. <laughs> yeah, so, barely time for charger chat. I have three kids with a fourth one on the way. I'm like this waking up for charger chat. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Um, Craig, again, dude. Thank Love you, you, dude. Great segment. Love you. Bud. Appreciate everything you had to say. That was awesome. Uh, time to move it on now to the next segment. It's another friend of ours. His name is Jason Reed, and he's over at the Bolt Beat. Ba-doom. Welcome back to another edition of the Bolt Beat. As always, I'm the acting editor over at BoltBeat.com. Jason Reed, you can check out my work at BoltBeat.com, over on Twitter at BB underscore Chargers, or my personal Twitter at EatYourReedies. Here we are, heading into week two. First road game of the year. Got the Tennessee Titans on the slate. Coming off of a disappointing loss. There's no other way to spin it. I know the fan base is feeling down right now. Week one didn't go as expected. You know, a lot of Chargers media were saying this is an offense the Chargers solved last year. They're going to be able to do it again. They're healthier. This, that, or the other. I was included in that conversation. And of course, reality sets in and the Chargers remind us that no matter as much as we think we know, we don't always know everything. And it's like that for every football team. So from a fan base perspective, I understand the frustration. I understand, you know, not having faith in this team after a game like that. If you fall into that boat, as I've said time and time again, let's not overreact. They're 0-1. There's 16 more games to play. Last time they started 0-1, they went 12-4. and And that was a very ugly week one game. So it, the season's not over. I also understand Brandon Staley hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. The last three games they've played dating back to week 18 last year, they've allowed, what is it, 80, 90 points over like 1,400 yards of offense. It hasn't been pretty. And I get that. He doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt to fix this defense. But there's still a lot of football left to play. And, you know, there's a lot of time to round into shape and for things to take place. And I think when we look back at this Dolphins game at the end of the season, not just Charger fans, but NFL fans as a whole, we're all going to realize that, the Dolphins were a pretty damn good football team. And I think we forgot heading into this matchup just how dynamic and explosive that offense was last year up until Tua got hurt and then, you know, the puzzle kind of got solved and they didn't adjust in time and then Tua got hurt again. I think the Dolphins could win the AFC East, um, especially with the Aaron Rodgers injury. The Bills didn't really impress me on Monday Night Football. And as long as Tua stays healthy, you know, this could be the Rams of 2019, you know, 2018, whatever year it was where their offense is just so damn explosive that they just blow teams by. Now, they don't have a very good defense, and that might hold them back in the long run, but I don't think losing by two to a potential team that could be in the AFC Championship game is the worst thing. Am I making excuses for the defense? Not at all. The defense, it was unacceptable. Uh, There were some really bad performances at an individual level, as well as the team preparation and schematics and everything. Didn't make a lot of sense. They went away from everything they did that worked last year. They did a lot of single coverage, a lot of, you know, single high safeties, a lot of stuff that you seemingly would never want to do against the Dolphins. Now, Mike McDaniel did a great job of, you know, tweaking things with the pre-snap motion and everything to get guys open. But the Chargers, you know, the way they they handled the game, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. So, you know. I hope it's just something where we chalk it up and it's like, hey, Miami had an explosive offense. The Chargers got in their own head a little bit too much, overthought it, and didn't do what they should have done defensively, and they can move on. Again, Brandon Staley doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say the Chargers are going to turn it around and be a top five defense the rest of the year because nothing they've done so far has proven that. But I don't think that it will be this bad. And maybe that's just me being a little bit too optimistic. Um, I think there will be really bad games. There will be really bad moments. 
But when all the talents on the field and everything, they should be able to be good enough. And, you know, I feel like we've been saying that for three years, so maybe I'm just wrong there. But I do think that this game isn't going to be indicative of the whole season. It's going to be indicative of maybe the Chargers at their worst. And if they're at their worst and only losing by two, that's probably a decent sign. Now, if we're talking big picture long term, it's hard to see the team like winning a Super Bowl with this. You know, I hate even like bringing up the Super Bowl right now in week two, um, especially after they lost of all things. But you kind of have to have a good defense or at least a good enough defense to make a run and, you know, this, that or the other. But right now we're just focused on the regular season, actually getting to the dance, getting to the playoffs, having a chance to make a run. And the Chargers going to have to figure something out, I think, in the long run. It will be okay, and I'm rooting for it to be okay. I understand Charger fans being upset with Brandon Staley, and you know, especially after the Jaguars game last year and wanting him to move on, but there's a lot of fans who are seemingly now rooting for him to fail, which doesn't make any sense to me because if he fails, that means the Chargers failed. That means 2023 is a complete waste of the season. We should be rooting for him to succeed. We should be rooting for him to save his job because that would mean they go 11-6, and 12-5. They win a playoff game or two, and then they build on something. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. I never really understand rooting against the head coach unless it's like a, a complete disaster, you know, when they're three and 10 and you're hoping they don't make a run late in the year just to save his job, that kind of thing. But I don't understand it against the Titans. You know, this is a perfect matchup for Staley's defense to get right. I mean, you look at the Titans offense, Ryan Tannehill looked like he might be the worst starting quarterback in the league this year. You know, we saw Matt Ryan hit that regression cliff and fall straight off last year. That might be Ryan Tannehill. He looked really bad in that Saints game. Now, I mean, it's one game and the Saints have a pretty good defense, so we can't totally say that yet, but the signs are there for the huge regression cliff. And yes, the Titans, they do have a good rushing attack. They have Derrick Henry and they're going to be relying on that, but it's not prime Derrick Henry anymore. I mean, he's still very, very, very good running back, but he's not prime Derrick Henry and the Chargers have been better against the run. They improved as the year went along last year. They did well against the Dolphins. Granted, the Dolphins were just throwing all over them, so they didn't have to run the ball much, but I... Doesn't feel like this will be the type of game where the Titans are going to be able to pick up every single first down running the ball. Yes, they're going. there's going to be moments where they're picking up 8, 12 yards against the Chargers, but I think the Chargers are going to get in a lot of positions, third and four, third and five, and force Ryan Tannehill to make a play, and hopefully that's where they're not torched athletically like they were against the Dolphins. They can actually make some plays um, on the football, on the quarterback. And, you know, some of the things that are going to help that, I think Jasir Taylor should play a lot more this week. He's their best run defender in the slot. He should be starting in the slot. Pretty much any first and second down, he should be in there or third and, uh, third and short. And then we should have Asante on one side, uh, Michael Davis on the other side. JC Jackson, sprinkle him in, play him 45, 50% of the snaps. Look, He's coming off a ruptured, you know, patellar tendon. He wasn't very good before he got hurt last year, and the Chargers shouldn't be rushing him into things, I don't think. So, you know, limit his snap count. Give, give Zant and give Davis a chance to succeed. Give Jasir a chance to succeed in the slot. And I think this is a game where the defense can really turn it around and look better. You know, now they have to be able to do it against a good offense, but I think this can be a step in the right direction and kind of the type of game they need just from a confidence standpoint because if they go into Tennessee and the Titans drop 30 points on them even if they win there's going to be even more question marks about the defense and then suddenly you have the defense itself questioning itself questioning the head coach potentially and that's not a position to be in so even if it's a bad Titans offense and it's more of a bad offense than a good defense it's still beneficial to hold the Titans to a relatively uh, quiet game because it could build some momentum, especially heading into week three against the Vikings team that will throw the ball over, all over the Chargers if they let them. 
As far as this week's betting picks on the Bolt Beat, last week we went two and four. We lost the Chargers pick. We lost two of the props. I mean, the props I kind of expect, I shouldn't be counting them as full units just because you never really bet a full unit on a prop, especially the ones with the higher odds. But we're just going to go with that anyways. Uh, we did hit the Justin Herbert under with the passing total. I, I thought I nailed that, saying the Chargers were going to run the ball, establish the run. That's what Miami was going to give them. And that's kind of exactly what happened. The under comfortably cashed by like 90 yards. We also hit the uh, Titans, ironically enough, as the dogs against the Saints. They lost, but they covered. We uh, lost the Broncos. We picked the Broncos against the Raiders, and somehow the Raiders won. I still don't really understand that game. Uh, even if I can go back in time knowing what happened, I'd probably still make the same pick. So we went two and four last week. We're down negative. We're down 2.2 units. Again, unit can be whatever you're betting on your stuff. If it's it could be a dollar, it could be ten dollars, it could be a hundred dollars, whatever the case is. So we're gonna keep track as the year goes along. This week. Again, to a refresher for those that might not have caught last week or forgot, we're going to pick one favorite, one underdog, and then we're going to make a Chargers pick either against the spread or the point total, and then we're going to do three Chargers-related props. Starting with the non-Chargers games, I'm going to go with my favorite. I call this like the stinky pick of the week, the cringe pick of the week. We got to come up, workshop a name with this. This is a, a strategy I have employed in some betting pools I'm in. Not betting pools, but picks pools I'm in where I look at the slate. I find the ugliest game on the slate where it's like, oh my gosh, no one should touch that. Like all the gamblers are looking at it like, that's disgusting. I'm not picking that either way. I go to it. And then I pick the opposite of what I like because I've noticed with these stinky lines, it never goes the way that I think it'll go or the the, the popular consensus seems to think it'll go. I'm, I'm implementing the strategy this week. We're going to see if it's going to work in 2023 as it has worked very well in the past, I might add. We're going with the Houston Texans minus one and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. Yep, it's ugly. I know. Anthony Richardson, explosive. They played the Jaguars close last week. It just seems like all signs are like, why are the Colts dogs? How is that possible? I think the Colts are a really bad football team. I think they played well week one, rookie debut, all that stuff. You know, I know Anthony Richardson got banged up at the end of the game against the Jaguars. I think Houston's well coached. You know, that final score against Baltimore, it was pretty, pretty, you know, didn't look close, but I thought they played them hard and they played them close. And, you know, their quarterback is a rookie and, you know, being on a road as a rookie and it's just, it's just hard. So we got two rookies. I like Anthony Richardson more than CJ Stroud, but I think the Texans are going to be able to kind of just, put together a better team effort to win this game. Um, and again, I, I I don't actually think that. I think the Colts are going to win, but that's why I'm picking the Texans because it's the the stinky flip. So hopefully that's that's the way it goes. Maybe I'm talking myself into the Texans too much and I need to flip it. I don't know, but we're, we're locking it in. Houston minus one and a half. Underdog, a team I love, maybe a little bit too much, not as a fan, but as a potential better, is the Green Bay Packers. I didn't pick it on the podcast last week, but I was all in on the Packers plus one against the Bears. thought the Bears were overvalued. I think Jordan Love's actually going to be pretty good in this league. I don't think he'll be Justin Herbert levels good, but I think he'll be pretty good in this league. And he played well. Uh, the Bears defense was still terrible. And the Packers had a comfortable win. All that being said, they're still dogs in week two against the Atlanta Falcons. They're plus one and a half at minus 114 odds. I'm hammering Green Bay in this game in real life. Uh, I might tease it up to seven and a half. Look, I know the Falcons have been like the cute pick that everyone loves to pick from the NFC South, you know, heading into this football season because they got Bijan and they got Algier and Corderell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Like they, they have all these weapons. But they have a quarterback who's probably one of the two or three worst starting quarterbacks in the league, and I don't fully buy into their defense. Yes, they beat the Panthers by two, three scores, but it's the Panthers. That might be the first overall pick in this year's draft, so let's not forget that. 
I think the Packers are a better team than the Falcons, and they're on the road. I don't think it'll matter much. I think the Packers are going to pull off this victory and kind of bring the Falcons back down to earth. I think weeks two to four, you're trying to find those overvalued teams that the public really likes that when we look at it back in week 18, we're going to go, huh, how are the Falcons favored in week two when they went four and 13? Those are the kind of picks you kind of want to find this early in the season. I think this is one here, I'm hoping. My Chargers pick, I'm going to stay away from the spread. I don't want to jinx it. I feel like I jinxed it last week. I really do. Not going to jinx it this week. I'm going to go with a total pick. I'm going to pick under 45 and a half. I know that's controversial with how bad the defense looked, but at the end of the day, the Titans have a pretty good defense. Uh, As I mentioned, the offense isn't the best, and we saw these two teams play last year, and it was an absolute slugfest. Um, It was like a slog of a game. You know, it, it just battle the trenches, all that stuff. I think we see the same thing, and I think there's one of two ways this game goes personally. I think it's either a very close, like low scoring game. And at that rate, either team could win. It's 2017. It's 2320. It's 1716. Like the Titans game was last week. And that would be the under. And in that situation, that would, that's the game. The Titans want to play to win. They're not trying to win 28, 24. So that's the game they want to play to win, which goes to the under. If that doesn't happen, then it'll probably be a Chargers blowout. I don't think they're scoring 40 points against the Titans, but if it's a Chargers blowout, then we're looking at 28, 14 or 30 to 10 or something along those lines. And that would also be the under. So either way, this way game goes, it's either a close slug fest that either team could win under, or it's a chargers blowout that, you know, unless the Titans get a garbage time touchdown at the very end should also lead to the under. So I like under 45 and a half, even though the defense let up over 500 yards last week, my three props of the week, the first two are going to seemingly go against my underpick. I'm going Justin Herbert over one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, Austin Eckler, you know, has got an ankle injury. We don't know how much he's going to be able to suit up on Sunday. Uh, Joshua Kelly's great, but then, you know, how much of a workload is he going to have? And then how is he going to do against one of the best run defenses in the sport? The Chargers are going to throw the ball a lot, I think, in this game. Uh, Derek Carr had over 300 yards passing last week. So there's... There, this is a secondary you can throw on. I think Justin Herbert has his his bigger game. I think when they're in the red zone, they're going to target the pass. They're going to target Parham. They're going to target someone else that I have on this. And he's going to finish with two or three passing touchdowns. I don't know if there's a rushing touchdown in this game. I'm going to be honest. Um, and then to go on the Herbert thing, this minus 166 odds, by the way, to go off of the Herbert thing, I have Mike Williams anytime touchdown. I could see it already. It's either a deep bomb to Mike Williams, a 45-yard touchdown, or it's a quick slant to Williams. We know that Herbert loves throwing that quick slant to Williams. Uh, there's going to be pressure. The offensive line was great in week one, but there's going to be some pressure. I think they're going to look to get the ball out quick, and Williams is going to benefit from that. I think Mike Williams finds the end zone after a quiet week one for his first touchdown at 2023 plus 160 my last pick kind of a dart throw as is the last prop it always is it's always something in the plus three to 400 range i'm going with the titans first drive ends in a field goal attempt i think the titans are going to script their first drive they're going to script a well drive they're going to make it easy for Tannehill. they're going to run the ball you know run some misdirection stuff give them some easy passes in the flat that'll give them you know some yak opportunities they'll drive down the field they'll get to the 30 yard line the chargers defense will button up bend don't break force them to a field goal they don't have to make the field goal for this bet to hit. It just has to be a field goal attempt. So Titans first drive ends in a field goal attempt is plus 340. So that's a big, big line. So that could be a potential big hit for us and hopefully dig us out of the hole I've already digged uh, digged us into. But I kind of blame the Chargers week one showing for that one. Um, you know, as always, that's my six picks of the week. Hopefully, if anyone's telling me, they could be profitable. And hopefully the Chargers can turn it around, 
one and one on the season because if they can win this game, they have a winnable game against the Vikings, they have a winnable game against the Raiders, and then suddenly they could head into the bye week three and one. Now, if they lose this game, that's when things can start to slide. We don't even want to get to that. There's been too many Charger seasons where they start zero and four, and then they win nine of their next. 10 or something, but they still miss the playoffs because they started so bad. We're going to avoid that. This is the start of the momentum. That was a that was a preseason game. Starters didn't play week one. That was the Chargers preseason game. Now they really matter. Let's rally. Try to get three wins in a row. Go into the bye three and one, but you got to win the first one before you can even think about winning three in a row. So that's all I got for you this week. Let's get back to the Charger chat, guys. All right. Well, there you go. Mr. Jason Reed giving us some great betting lines. Yeah, yeah. I like that talk about the, what was it, under 45 or something like that as far as like the, the total score that... Either it's going to be close or the Chargers are just going to blow it out. <laughs> yeah, and the blowout could be still under that amount Yeah, with the amount of time. I feel like the if that happens, the Chargers have the possession a lot and then the Tennessee's not going to get anything going. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I didn't watch the game, but I mean, both Craig and Jason talking about how bad Ryan Tannehill was. Yeah. He yeah. must be really three, bad three if they're talking about it. Three picks is a tough look. Well, I think the coach even talked about it and, you know, the... Tannehill got interviewed about it. He just like, I just like, don't want to talk about it. He called us the San Diego Chargers again. He was so frazzled. Like, on the San Diego. Like, all right, dude, calm down. Okay. <laughs> Idiot. How many concussions do you have? Calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what year is it? How many yeah. fingers? Yeah. So how many fingers do I have? <laughs> um, all right. Well, Jason, again, thank you, dude, for another awesome bolt beat. Really yeah. appreciate it. Good luck everything. with your pit picks, Jason. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Good luck with those stinky picks. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I think that's just about does it here for us at the charger chat. But before we go, we've got some bolt predictions to make. So let's, uh, start it Please off. Be here. Right. Yeah. Hey, one of these one of has us. to be right. Hey, I got the rushing yards last week. I that's was close. I was o- over one. Seven, yeah. Well, I missed a lot, but I went over <laughs> one seventy five, and that was pretty good. The only one that mattered. You shot yeah. with a shotgun in one of your pellets. It was pretty bold. It was pretty bold. <laughs> Yeah, I'm shooting with a BB gun a, here. I'm not working with firepower. A, you had a mere flesh wound last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, need kill, I need headshots. You grazed Just, it. All right, here. I got a headshot for you. You want my headshot? All right. Yeah, 360 no So scope. the defense is going to stop the Tennessee Titans a lot more than they did Miami Dolphins, which there will give us the opportunity for a few punt returns. Darius Davis is taking one to the house this week. <laughs> it's going to happen. Awesome. Headshot. Final score, Chargers 27 Titans 16. How they get there, we'll see, but it's going to be 27. It's a tough number to get there. They did it. They did all threes last time. I think it's going to be one touchdown. They're going to kick a lot of 50 yard field goals. Okay. All right. I like, I like that. Um, Headshot. All right. I'll go, I'll go next. Um, I have JC Jackson with a pick six, is my prediction. Let's go. It just has to, I need, need that in my heart. I need that I in my soul. He needs it. We need it. We need something good from him. Um, after listening to, to, Read. I'm a little bit worried about my pick. It sounds like if we get to 20, we're just going to smoke them. But I have us at 27-20, a nice, comfortable touchdown W. I like it. Nice. Um, I've got uh, Mike Williams over 100 yards, two touchdowns, and Chargers winning 27-13. All right. 27s, high five. High I five. like Mike Williams over 100. He didn't get to do much last week. I know. He needs. He needs this. He, he wants, craves he it. Needs. <laughs> Give it to him. Um, all right. Well, there you go, folks. Bolt predictions in the books. And that, I think, is going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Uh, folks, don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad. Any place. 
Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.